Okay, good afternoon. This is Richard Shu, host of Shoe Untied. Today I'm very pleased to have with me as my guest Rick Kleiman, who's a partner at Hogan Levels. Rick, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So, Rick, let me start by asking you um, how you got into M&A, how, what brought you to Silicon Valley, if you're not from here, and you know how you got into this practice. Uh, well, interestingly enough, I graduated from law school at a time when mergers and acquisitions was not necessarily a recognized specialty in corporate law. I joined in 1977 a law firm in San Francisco named Pettit and Martin. As a matter of fact, I think it was called Pettit Evers and Martin <laughs> when I joined them. Right. And I didn't work on my first M&A deal until I was a third or fourth year associate, if I recall correctly. <laughs> but the second I worked on it, the moment I worked on that deal, I knew that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my career. Interesting. Uh, just because it was so interesting, so fascinating, so multifaceted. I really enjoyed the experience. I learned a lot, and I've never looked back since then. Huh, interesting. Well, tell me a couple of maybe some highlights or a couple of two or three deals that you've worked on that really kind of stand out in your 30-plus years of doing this practice. Yeah, there are so many, so it's really hard <laughs> to to zero in on, uh, on just one or two. But uh, – Two that come to mind, and interestingly enough, these two took place virtually simultaneously during my last days at Dewey and LaBeouf, Mm -hmm. a law firm uh, that, as you know, fell apart. One was the sale of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I grew up as a huge baseball fan. Actually, I was a fan of the New York Yankees. I still am a fan of the New York Yankees. And the idea of selling an iconic baseball team was uh, just... Hugely interesting to me and a lot of fun. It was a uh, very interesting auction process. Uh, It fetched what at the time was a record for a professional sports franchise, Mm. over $2 billion, Mm. and I enjoyed it quite a lot. Mm. At around the same time, I led the team that defended Illumina, a corporation here in California, from a hostile bid, hmm. uh, a hostile takeover bid by Roche, valued at over $6 billion. And any time you defend, and we successfully defended it, a hostile takeover bid, and this included both a tender offer and a proxy contest, you really have your hands full. And again, it was a tremendously interesting experience. Hmm. One of the things I like about M&A is that even at my advanced age, I continue to learn a lot on every deal. You really can't think of M&A as a particularly narrow specialty, mm. and every new deal is a new challenge. Mm. It sounds like you've done, obviously, a lot of different industries in your experience. Give me a, a little bit of the range of the kinds of different industries you've worked in. Well, interestingly enough, I uh, started my career in M&A doing deals in such diverse industries as wineries, mm. equipment leasing, hotels and hospitality. But when I moved down to Silicon Valley and I was recruited by Cooley Godward to head up and to build their M&A presence, it became focused on technology and life sciences, life Mm -hmm. sciences, primarily biotechnology, 
biopharmaceutical companies. I did a number of large deals for Gilead Sciences, for example, and in the technology sector where Cooley Godward was very strong, did a spate of sizable M&A transactions involving both privately held and publicly traded technology companies. Mm. And right now, my practice is primarily in the technology sphere Mm. with some life sciences deals as well. Do you enjoy one over the other? Do you like tech more than life sciences or the other way around? I like them both. Here in Silicon Valley, we're at the epicenter of everything technology, and it's always fascinating to be around the drivers. And we represent, my group represents, some of the real drivers in in technology, some of the uh, hugest technology titans out there that are changing the face of M&A in many respects. Do you find in the course of doing these M&A deals, you have to really understand the technology or at least understand the business that they're in? To an extent. We like to say that we understand the difference between source code and Morse code. And <laughs> you can't say that about all people that call themselves <laughs> tech M&A specialists. But I rely to a large extent on our technology transactions team here. And mm-hmm. one of the partners that has been with me since the Cooley days, John Brockland provides a huge amount of technical expertise Mm. and has a deep understanding of the uh, underlying technology over a broad range of technologies Mm. from hardware to software to EDA, uh, electronic design uh, automation, you know, to e-commerce and on and on. Now, you mentioned earlier that you, when you started M&A, you sort of liked it from the first minute. What is it about M&A that you think you liked about it that's different from, say, other area practicing law, other areas of law? One thing I enjoyed a lot was the negotiation. In M&A, it's all about negotiation. The other thing I like about M&A is that it requires you to learn about and to know something about an awful lot of different disciplines. Hmm. Uh, I've often said that uh, to be a good M&A lawyer, you have to be not only part corporate lawyer, but also part securities lawyer, part litigator, Hmm. part technology lawyer, Hmm. part accountant, Mm -hmm. part investment banker, part tax lawyer, and uh, even part psychiatrist. What are, what are some of the advice that you give to younger lawyers that are just starting their career or who want to be M&A lawyers? What kind of advice do you give them? Well, I give them several different types of advice. Uh, first of all, I say to be a good M&A lawyer, you can't shy away from numbers. I don't care if you were an English major or a history major in college. You can't let other people worry about the numbers. You have to understand what the investment bankers are doing, just like the investment bankers have to understand what you're doing. You have to understand what the corporate development folks, your clients, are thinking, how they're analyzing situations and what they're doing. You have to be comfortable dealing with numbers and understanding the business realities of the transactions Mm -hmm. on which you're advising. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two, you have to learn. You know, there are a lot of people that come out of law school hungry for responsibility, but feeling that their learning days are behind them. They've had four years of college, three years of law school, and they're done learning. And they'd be wrong to Mm -hmm. think that Mm -hmm. if they want to be a successful M&A lawyer. You learn decade after decade, 
And it is such a broad specialty that in some respects you can't even call it a specialty. Hmm. And you just have to learn a lot about a lot of different things. Well, speaking on that point, obviously you've done a lot of M&A deals. Do you feel like after a while it gets old or does every deal really seem like a new deal to you? Every new deal is a new challenge. Hmm. And that's what I like about it. Hmm. I think, and this is part of the advice that I would give to aspiring M&A lawyers, aspiring M&A junkies, as we sometimes refer to them, Mm. don't go into this area unless you have a very, very high level of intellectual curiosity, Mm. because you have to be uh, very inquisitive. And as a result, you end up being necessarily very humble, Mm. because there's a lot you don't know, particularly in your early years of practicing in the M&A area, and you have a lot to learn. Now, in your long career of doing M&A, have you ever thought about doing something else? Have you thought about becoming an investment banker? Any any other career things that have crossed your mind? You know, as you might expect, deal lawyers who have done what I've done get approached from time to time, yeah. particularly from folks in the investment bank community and other allied areas. But I've always enjoyed what I do too much, mm. you know, in, including the art of negotiation, which you can learn to be very good at, by the way. There are some people that operate under the misimpression that there are people that are born negotiators and people that aren't born with that particular skill can never develop into great negotiators. Mm. And that's just simply not true. Mm. And the negotiating part is probably the part that's the most fun of all for me in doing what I do. And I've really never considered another another career path. Now, Rick, I know you're a young man, but what about looking forward? Do you see yourself see yourself doing anything else in the future? Or is M&A, you're still going to keep doing this for a while? Well, I, I, I don't see an end in sight, but I'd hardly <laughs> call myself a, uh, a young man at this point in time. I certainly enjoy teaching. And mm-hmm. a lot of what I do here at the firm and elsewhere is to teach M&A. And I think that that will continue to be a big part of whatever I do, even if I were to stop practicing. Another initiative that I am part of uh, is called the Women in M&A Initiative. It's being carried forward by the uh, American Bar Association's business law sections M&A committee, of which I'm the former chair. Hmm. And it's aimed at addressing the under-representation of women legal professionals in the M&A arena. And I intend to remain actively involved in, uh, in, in that initiative as well. Well, Rick, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your taking the time. If you do end up doing something else, you'll have to come back and tell me about it. I will indeed. This is Richard Shu and Rick Kleiman. Thanks. Thanks.